Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and we are getting into the trade deadline discussions in earnest today. And we brought on a fantastic guest to get into one of the names that is most being linked to the Knicks right now, both for the trade deadline and for this upcoming offseason. We have Lauren Gunn with us, who you might know is at the Lauren Gunn on Twitter. She's a contributor for Mavs Moneyball, and she's the co-host of the Gunshot Podcast. And she is talking to us today, Gavin, about Jalen Brunson. Yeah, we get into everything Jalen Brunson, what makes him special, where he's improved the most this season, and what a Knicks-Mavs trade would potentially look like. We all get a chance to throw out our offers, and we talk about how feasible it is in Lauren Raps of the show predicting whether Jalen will be a Mav or a Nick in 2022. So all that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. We want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen every day. We're available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including, of course, YouTube now, where if you're on there, you might see all three of our lovely faces right now. Of course, I'm talking about myself, Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. My regular co-host, Gavin Shaw who you can uh, find calling all your favorite high school sports games, including uh, the Hoopal tournament this past weekend, where you could have seen some future Knicks. And we have a special guest today. We have Lauren Gunn. You might know her as at the Lauren Gunn on Twitter. She's a contributor for SB Nation's Mavs Moneyball and co-host of the Gunshot podcast with two N's, G-U-N-N, just like the last name. <laughs> Lauren, how are you doing today? And, uh, you know, how's, how's this season been treating you? We haven't really caught up with Mavs fans too much this year. Yeah, I, uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's, it's good to be on, on, on another Locked On podcast. I always love doing these. Um, but, yeah, the season is, is going well. Um, there was a tough stretch there, but we're kind of making our way back and uh, just trying to get some momentum. But, yeah, I imagine Knicks fans are a little less interested with them not having our pick this year, which has kind of been an interesting dynamic. But um, but yeah, next year it will be a different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's certainly interesting. You know, we like keeping up with uh, what's going on in Mavs land. I guess even if even if they we don't have the pick this year, it's not mm-hmm. till next year. But it, it still it's is a- Nick's West, so we're we're still we're still interested in all that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of former Knicks. It's like alternate universe Knicks where the Knicks were bad enough to get Luca. Like that's funny. That's oh kind of kind of where it's that's at. It like, like. If, if they're bad enough to end up with Luca instead of Kevin Knox, maybe that's where we're at. But um. <laughs> that's an it's interesting to think about it that way because it's it's not totally it's not too far fetched. That's for yeah sure. yeah it really isn't. But at any rate, we're not here to talk about Luka Doncic or you know that that tall uh, blonde haired guy on your team. Uh, we're Frank here to Miller, talk about J- <laughs> yeah Frank Nilke. <Miller. laughs> Did he get blonde tips again? Um, (laughs) No, but we're here to talk about Jalen Brunson today, uh, who is averaging a nice 16-6-4 line on 50% shooting from the field, 33% from three, 79% from the free throw line this year. 
And, uh, you know, it's why are we bringing up Jalen Brunson? Well, it's because he's being very much linked to the Knicks. And we wanted to discuss some potential trade scenarios. Uh, but first, we figured we would get into how Brunson is playing and all that stuff. A little bit of background uh, as far as why we're doing this show. So Mark Berman recently said the Mavs still haven't uh, afforded former Villanova point guard Jalen Brunson a contract extension, and he has made another leap this season. As the Post has reported multiple times, the Knicks have had Brunson on their radar. Uh, Why the Knicks can have Brunson on their radar coming off what was effectively his rookie deal. Since he was a second-round pick, it's sort of like what happened with Mitchell Robinson, where if uh, you know, if the Mavs had declined his option last year and let him become, let him hit free agency last summer, he would have been a restricted free agent. Instead, they picked up his fourth year option as a second round pick. And that means that he could become an unrestricted free agent this summer. Uh, so the Knicks have of course come up in that discussion. And the reason is that, uh, Jalen Brunson's dad, Rick Brunson was Leon Rose's first client. Uh, it's been described that they're basically like family. Uh, you know, I don't think it would be unreasonable to assume that like Leon Rose is probably referred to as uncle Leon by Jalen because it, you know, they're, they're that close as far as being like family there. Also Tom Thibodeau had uh, Rick Brunson on various staffs of his in the past. So, you know, all kinds of stuff. It seems like Jalen Brunson is like the missing nephew in the Knicks family here that just needs to come home. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Lauren, we wanted to start off like for for Knicks fans that don't watch a lot of the Mavs. What has made Jalen Brunson so good this year and so desirable, like from a Knicks perspective, for a team that's been looking for a point guard for forever? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a great question. So the thing that I personally feel like makes Brunson so unique is that he can excel in just about any role that you throw at him: starter, reserve, sixth man. Uh, on ball off ball he can do it all and he does he's very controlled in his decision making and he's just he rarely makes mistakes uh he just he always takes what you throw at him and he's never he doesn't complain he just he does the job and he does it well and so if you were to put him in a Knicks system I would I mean I would assume that he would start there right now but if it got to a point where oh maybe the Knicks drafted or got in free agency or somebody that was like up in that top tier right now uh, he would be just fine coming off the bench and, and playing, you know, 20 to 30 or wherever, wherever he's needed and, and, and give you good minutes. And so um, the Knicks are absolutely the biggest threat to steal Jalen Brunson from us, whether it be at the trade deadline or free agency, more likely in my opinion. Um, but uh, yeah, he would, he would fit very well with the Knicks, especially when you've got someone like RJ. Now you've got Cam guys that can create and and score, uh, so yeah, he would definitely fit in very well and the connections, like those relationships, I cannot tell you how many people on Twitter that I, I, I'm constantly saying relationships matter. They are a huge, huge piece to all of these puzzles. Um, and they're not something to just brush under the rug. So there's definitely a lot to that. Uh, and I hope Mavs fans don't think that that's not <laughs> as big of a piece of the puzzle as it is. So that's kind of where, where my head's at with Brunson for sure. Yeah, I wanted to ask what's what's new in his game this year. Because I mean, just just going over his cleaning the glass numbers, his usage is way way up this season. Mm-hmm. Um, his assist percentage is way up this season, and his efficiency is down. But it's pretty much only his three point shooting. Right, he's still elite at the rim. He's still an elite mid range scorer. Um, so how has he continued to expand his game? When coming out of Villanova, I think part of the reason he dropped to the second round is a lot of people probably thought he was a finished product. And and you almost you knew you were getting a guy who was going to have a long NBA career, but I think most people perceived him as someone, conversely, without a whole lot of upside. 
Yeah, and, and it was the age and the fact that you look at him and you're like, he's not he's not this overwhelmingly athletic, like super flashy guy that's going to fly through through the air, but he's deceivingly quick. He's very quick, and like I said, he does make the good the right decisions, and so that has allowed him to to get more of a role and now work his way into the starting lineup. And since he got drafted, it was okay. This guy first minutes on the floor like he is not making the mistakes he plays like he's a veteran maybe not like a 10 15 year veteran but he plays like he's been in the league six to nine years and so you want that guy on the floor um running your second unit when Luca's not out there and because obviously at that point we had uh former Nick great Dennis Smith Jr and so <laughs> we um with Jalen Brunson he was he, he was he just builds that trust whether it's with the guys the coaching staff he just he has that the way he carries himself and so this year he when we didn't have Luca for certain stretches and we didn't have anybody for certain stretches, he became the guy uh, and the starting point guard. And then him and Luca have such a close relationship. It got to a point where it's like, this guy can play. He's shown that, and not even just this season with the health and safety protocols and, and being out, he's shown in the past that he can start and he, he doesn't take a step back in terms of production. He, he step he, steps up and uh, plays to that level. And so when you put, I mean, the biggest question going into the season was the Mavericks need a secondary playmaker next to Luca. They need somebody, a starting caliber guard that can kind of take that weight off his shoulders and help facilitate the offense. And Brunson has come in and has just done a fantastic job. Like I said, the turnovers, he doesn't, doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't really take bad shots. I think a lot of Mavs fans would argue and, and say that they wish he would shoot more because he just has such a, a crafty way of getting in the lane uh, and and just getting good looks. He doesn't take bad looks. So yeah, I there's not much bad you can say about Jalen Brunson. Yeah, you know it's intriguing to hear you say about the ability to play off the ball and to play with a guy in Luca who's facilitating more often because that sounds pretty similar to me to how he would probably be used with the Knicks and. Yeah. Definitely. You know, with Julius Randle, who's obviously taken over a lot of the playmaking onus for the Knicks, I think that's been kind of one of the problems for the Knicks so far this year uh, that has taken a long time to figure out, which is like Kemba Walker didn't quite know what to do with a situation where Julius Randle is handling the ball. And mm-hmm. he kind of was just kind of a little listless at times, you know, just kind of didn't was like wandering, like didn't quite know where to go, um, you know, not knowing where to where to be when he didn't have the ball in his hands. I, I do think, though, that, you know, Julius is a guy that, in theory, Knicks fans, I think, want to, well, it depends on who you talk to. Some people think, have him create everything. Other people think, like, hey, let's maybe get back to a world where it's more like, you know, when he was in New Orleans or something where, mm-hmm. you know, he can run some pick and roll as the role man and, and things like that, you know, have right. him off the ball more often. How would you, I mean, I don't know what your what your uh, comfort level is with discussing like, yeah, like Knicks players and, and Knicks, you know, fits and whatever. But what do you think about how Brunson would fit with Randall versus like a Luca? Do you think it would probably just be seamless regardless, just because he's so much of a pro? Do you think there might be a little bit of a, you know, a little difference between the two since Randall's not quite the ball handler and creator that, that Luca is, which I guess is probably giving him too much credit. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like, what, what do you think about their potential fit? All right, we're going to take our first break. Just a reminder, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and that means a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today 
and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Um, I think short answer, it would be a seamless fit because he is the the that kind of pro. But there would be some differences, like with Luca. Sometimes with Luca, there's so much spacing, and it's like you've got to let Luca create. But having someone to defer to with Jalen Brunson allows you to then work these scenarios where it's four on three or it's whatever the case may be. And he, you trust him to make those right decisions. If you insert him with the Knicks, he's very, he plays so fundamental, which he often jokes that that's not a good thing and that he, whatever, that's besides the point. But he, he would play well with Julius and especially with, uh, with some of their other guys like Obi. Oh my God. Obi would get dunk after dunk after dunk with Jalen Brunson on their team. And it, with RJ and Cam, some guys like you got guys that can get their shots. Um, he's going to allow other people to to play their games, and that's what I like about Jalen Brunson is that he doesn't even on the nights that he scores big, he's still looking for other guys and facilitating the offense and and help helping everybody kind of step up to that plate and and do play their games. And so if you play him with Julius, um, I almost and this is not a this might be off, but. I almost would envision it like a Sabonis where you throw the ball to Sabonis and Sabonis a lot of times will set screens or get guys like with Reggie Bullock last year when a lot of his catch and shoot looks would be off of a Julius Randall handoff because Julius just has such a good feel for the game. I think Brunson would help open things up for Julius because he can attack the rim. He can get shots inside and out and he would open things up for Julius because you got to keep, you can't lose Jalen Brunson, but Jalen can be running around getting Julius his looks because he would at that point still be the focal point of the offense. Um, and so, yeah, you could have Julius, still do Julius, but I think it would take the load off of him in a different way than it does with Luca. And um, that would allow him to like, Julius wouldn't have so much gravity on him because you could be able to defer to, to Jalen who could then maximize on the four on three situations or the three on two. Um, if you've got a double team going on with Julius and then you've got RJ, you got all these guys. And so, yeah, I think Jalen with their current group, whether he's running with the second group and quickly is kind of being that primary ball handler or Jalen's still the primary ball, ball handler I think he would fit pretty pretty well with a lot of the Knicks guys for sure. Yeah, Especially I think Quentin. Oh my God, Quentin. Jesus. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think Jalen. Jalen would be for Randall. What we were sort of hoping Kemba would be for Randall. Um, yeah. And and hasn't totally been. Um, yeah. Because he's not. He's just not the same guy getting to the rim anymore. And and Jalen is incredibly good at that, despite not being a monster athlete, as you noted. Yes. Um, but I kind of want to look at it from the opposite perspective. Do you feel as if like? Jalen, to some extent, is, if not uniquely valuable to the Mavs, like valuable to the Mavs in a way that he would be to few teams in the NBA. Because I think in general, um, like most, maybe not like pundits, but like maybe the average fan, like kind of underrates how hard it is to find people to play around like the Lucas, the LeBrons. The, yes. I, I mean, it really, it really is just like guys in, in those categories because you need someone who, I mean, just from an ego perspective, is like really, really good, but simultaneously is okay playing off the ball and is okay um, attacking um, in it's more of a secondary position than being a primary initiator. And those guys don't grow on trees. Like we're seeing with Russell Westbrook in Los Angeles right now, like even, even if Russ was in his prime, that that's an awkward fit, mm -hmm. but Brunson because of his shooting, because of his mentality. And because, I mean, to your point, his basketball IQ, he really is like that rare skeleton key. And that can almost like, it's, it's like weird because you're almost talking about like the accumulation of his skills, but that almost right. has like a multiplying effect on someone's value versus just looking at someone in a vacuum. When you say like, all right, how many guys on earth, like actually have like the combination of all those things. 
And it, it's not so easy to find like that person to play off Luka Doncic. And some people would like balk at the idea, like you're going to give Jalen Brunson, like what, $115 million. That, that's nuts. <laughs> right. But who, who, who fits into that salary position that's better next to Luka? I don't know if there's an obvious answer for the Mavs. So to me, like when we talk about a potential trade, like how does that in your mind shape what the Knicks would need to give up to actually get them? Yeah, so I am very glad that you phrased it that way because Jalen is the Mavs by far most valuable asset, more than the picks, more than multiple picks together. He, the personality, the relationships, the way he plays, the fact that he can play in multiple roles, um, and the fact that him, Porzingis, and Luka have played together and not a ton of games together, but they've shown that their defense doesn't take a huge step back. Again, small sample size, but what they've got right now, they're pretty comfortable with. Like, I think going into the season, they were at the beginning, they were like, okay, we're going to have to make a big move at the deadline. But now that's kind of subsided. And I think that they are pretty, they're not going to stand pat. They can't do that. But with Jalen Brunson and where he fits in this formula, he has so much value and the internal value is so, so high. And like you said, from the ego perspective and moving forward, like you're going to have guys like Josh Green and guys that you want to continue to develop and you're going to want Luca to continue to trend upwards. So where does Jalen, like is Jalen going to fall by the wayside? What's his development look like? But that's just not how they view it. And Jalen's going to find a way to get his and continue to work on things that will help improve the spacing, improve the efficiency as a team. Um, and so he just... I think that they still view him as a long-term piece of the puzzle and are going to do everything that they can to retain him. So when it comes to the trade deadline, it's very difficult because my, from, and I, I would feel pretty confident in, in this, uh, I guess, assumption. I don't know, but the way that they look at Jalen Brunson is the only way they trade him is if something big comes along and it's something that they can't turn down. And he's like the piece and like, this is going to, this will sound crazy to a lot of people and that's, that's fine. But this tells you what his internal value is. I do believe that if, if the Knicks or not, sorry, not the Knicks, the 76ers were to say, Hey, we'll do Ben Simmons for like a Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway, plus this, 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 which I don't think that that would be enough for them. But even if they were to say that Dallas wouldn't do it because there's the ego questions and there are all, lots of other questions and the internal value on Jalen Brunson is so high for all the reasons that we've been talking about and the boxes that you know he checks off and that you know what his approach is going to be and how he fits in the locker room and what his his presence is going to be. So it would it would take a lot for them to move on from Jalen Brunson at the trade deadline. And um, I just, in, in terms of envisioning him moving out, like just him being traded for a return, the the return would have to be very high. And I don't even know if at that point that they would do it. It's very, it's very, uh, it's tough right now. He's just played his way into like some crazy value right now. Well, so that we are getting, we're inching towards that million dollar uh, segment where we're all going to give what we think <laughs> the offer should be or whatever from our various yes. sides. Uh, yes. Just a, a final point to touch on before we start getting into the juicy stuff, the, the mock mm -hmm. trades and all that. Um, Goran Dragic has been, linked to the Mavs as a potential buyout candidate for a while now. Do you think if they feel like they have the inside track on him, that that softens the blow at all, if they would decide to potentially say, you know, again, I, and I'll get into this more in a minute, but I, I think the only, to your point, clearly, you know, Jalen's like super valuable to them. So, yes. you know, I don't think that they're going to take the decision lightly to move him. My only thought is if they have some sort of inside track information that basically says, look, he, no matter what, he's gone this, this coming off season. So yes. 
you know, do we do we just ride it out with him now or do we make the trade, you know, right. and and just get something while we can. And so do you think if if there is someone like a Dragic on the on the horizon that they see as, you know, a reasonable get that they might say, OK, you know what, this is like slightly more palatable. Or do you think that basically I mean, it sounds I think I already know the answer. But do you think at this point they'd probably be like, well, he's in many ways, more or less irreplaceable for us. So I don't know that any potential addition, you know, buyout or otherwise is really going to, you know, fill the the hole that he'd be leaving. Yeah. Uh, so it would soften the blow, but I do stink that, still think that they view him as irreplaceable. Another kind of interesting Knicks Mavs related, um, I keep saying piece to this puzzle, but component of all of this is the Kemba Walker relationship with the Mavericks. And Kemba Walker, like, there are a lot of questions there. And he if he potentially gets moved to a team that ends up buying him out, I would not be surprised at all if he makes his way to Dallas because there is that history there. And so that's another piece of the puzzle. If if they have intel that, okay, Jalen's gone. Like, he wants to go back to the Northeast. He, he That's where he's going. Then I wouldn't be surprised at all if post-trade deadline, post-buyout season, which that could go on for forever, but – um, they try because as of right now, they're all they are operating as far as I'm concerned. I they're still they still believe that Toronto's not going to find a trade partner, which I don't 100% agree with. But Toronto's not going to find a trade partner, Goran's going to get bought out and he's going to make his way to Dallas. They are still operating under that assumption. And if that's the case, Goran at the beginning of the season, that was that was what they were thinking. And Goran was going to be the starter next to Luca, he was going to be, and now no, Jalen's the starter. And Goron would be coming off the bench. And I think that they view that as a very nice depth uh, guard rotation. Uh, and they, they, they like that. But I guess for argument's sake, the Kemba situation, if for some reason they were, they had that Intel, Jalen's gone, you might as well deal him and say they deal him to the Knicks. Then maybe they, I think that they would really look at Kemba and try to somehow get Kemba and Goron because they want the experience. They want the production and they don't need Kemba to be like, He's not one. He's not a defensive guy. They don't need that from him. If he's going to, and they don't need him to put up, you know, 15 to 20 points a night. They, they need him to score occasionally go off for 15 to 20 points. And that's all that they would really need from him. And so I think they still like Kemba personally. I would like Kemba, uh, especially because the asking price, like, I don't think they'd even have to trade for him. And if they do, it's not going to cost very much. And so um, there are lots of options for Dallas, but as of right now, I don't see that intel. <laughs> I don't see that coming. Um, but I just, uh, I don't know. When I go to the games, I, I always tell people that when I'm at the games, the biggest thing that I'm watching is is not what they're working on because to me that doesn't, sometimes it says something, but most of the times it doesn't. I'm looking at the relationships, who kind of feels like the odd man out, who's maybe not doing as much talking, who is doing so much talking to the, the staff as a whole that I just don't see them going anywhere. And Jalen, as of right now, is one of those guys. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, that leads directly into my proposed trade because I yeah. long thought that Kemba would sort of be the guy for Dallas, and yes. him next to Luca also makes a lot of sense. And I think his ability to hit from like a couple feet behind the three point line opens up the Mavericks' offense in a way that they don't really. I mean, I guess Tim Hardaway brings that to some extent, but at least yeah. at the point guard position, they don't necessarily have right now um and he's not quite the passer that Jalen is obviously maybe maybe that's an understatement but I think he brings some stuff to the table that could accentuate what Luca does and accentuate what KP does 
but it's interesting. Like I almost, I almost think my trade is sort of like a half measure and Alex, like at least like, like I think committed and went the other direction where like, like if, if Dallas is like dead set on the idea that Jalen Brunson is coming back, then this probably isn't enough. And if they're dead set on the idea that he's leaving, maybe this is too much, but I, I had Kemba plus the Mavs 2023 first round pick back. And maybe like if, if the idea is like, we're pretty set on keeping him, like all of a sudden you're looking at a scenario where they have to start like throwing in like an OB Toppin or like a Quentin Grimes um, or, right. or someone who like who is at least first round value and someone that the Mavs in particular are high on, which like I, I don't have that inside into the front office. I don't know who that guy is on the Knicks necessarily. Maybe even it's Emmanuel quickly. Um, but to me, that middle ground is there. Like if the Mavericks are sort of like there's a chance that he leaves. Yes. We're not we're not really sure. And, and to me, that's probably the most realistic option because nobody can predict the future. But I'm, I'm curious your right. take on like where that middle ground and how, how an offer like that would go over, especially given that Kemba would pretty significantly free up their cap sheet, given that he's only making eight million dollars next season relative to giving Brunson a monster extension. Yes. And that's that's kind of the, the scenario that I think is most uh, worrisome for Dallas is that that there are maybe there do start some signs start presenting themselves or they start hearing things um, that, okay, there's enough reason for us to worry. Maybe he's not as good as gone, but there's enough reason to worry. And so do we have the conversation? And at that point, yeah, they would want Kemba back, but then it would start to get to, okay, we want a first round pick plus. And in, in my opinion, it would be Quentin Grimes um, and, and more so than, than quickly maybe top in, but I don't, I think that they, they would prefer to have Grimes um, and maybe that's personal bias there, but I'm a big fan. No, Grimes, Grimes playing off Luca makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Like and he just, his, his mechanics are so pure. He gets the shot off quickly. Like Grimes would be the one. And so a lot of people would be like, whoa, that's a, especially like I, sometimes I'm talking to people on Twitter that maybe they don't follow the Knicks. Maybe they don't follow the Mavs or maybe they just don't even really know the value that Jalen Brunson has. And when I talk about, Oh, like, like Nick Hinkle, I'm not sure if you guys know who that is. He, he, he's with the Pistons or he covers the Pistons and he, he was like, what about a Jalen Brunson, Jeremy Grant trade? And I was like, I don't even think they do that. I was like, <laughs> and I know that's going to sound crazy, but they won't. They just won't. And so the like in the scenario that they find out that he's gone, then the Knicks have the young guy, they have the win now guy, and they have the picks to kind of facilitate something. So that I think that that's where you might get somewhere if in the event that you know it, it does look like for Dallas, it's not going the direction they want it to go. So – I'll lead into my offer, but I'm not even going to ask for your for your like uh, uh, opinion on it. I guess because I think I already like you know. We, yeah, <laughs> I think we've already pretty well established it, and Gavin yeah. pretty much just said I'm I'm going one way, completely the other direction. But I'll give it anyway, and then I'll just kind of present like maybe our final sort of talking point here about all this, yeah. which is so my offer. I mean, if I'm Leon Rose, is basically I, I'll give you Kemba Walker. Because obviously things haven't quite worked out here. He can give you the stuff you need, whatever, you know, the off the dribble shooting, all that good stuff. Um, and like, I mean, the Knicks just have an absolute fistful of second round picks. So I would just be like two or three second round picks. Call it a day. That's my final offer. Because if I'm Leon Rose, and I feel like this is probably the case with Rose and, you know, having the direct line to Jalen's dad and everything else, that he probably feels pretty confident. Like, as long as we give him fair market value this offseason, he'll come to New York. Yes. Um, so if, if that's how Leon Rose is thinking, I, you know, if I'm putting myself in his shoes, I would say Kemba Walker and a few second round picks or kick rocks. We'll just sign him in the off season. Like, that's it. We're not that desperate to get this done now. We're not win now. You know, this is not a, this is not a win now situation in New York right now. This is still, you know, something we're developing. And obviously 
I think most fans, probably Leon Rose himself, would tell you, you know, hoping that things would have gone a little bit better this year so far uh, with bringing in Kemba and Evan Fournier. But it's not the end of the world if they don't get their target till the summer and, you know, have to wait till next year or whatever and can just kind of develop R.J. Barrett and some of those young guys for the rest of the year. Um, so I guess my my thing that I was thinking of as I was as I was thinking about, you know, presenting this offer then is did, what do you if you were going to look in your crystal ball and say what you think is going to happen by the trade deadline? What would you say you think is going to happen? Because right now, I think where I'm at is after talking with you about this and and seeing how much the Mavs clearly value what he's bringing to them on the court. Mm-hmm. I feel like even if they know that he's gone, the Mavs are still going to hold out for a high asking price because they do have some aspirations this year. Like if things really, right. you never know, like the West is more wide open this year than it's been probably in, you know, the last 10 time. years. Yeah. So you never know if things break the right way, all of a sudden the Mavs might make a finals berth this year or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they might make it, you they know, there's, there's no saying that they won't. So whereas with the Knicks, it's, you know, I think the situation is less dire, I feel like Leon Rose is, is, you know, just sort of like the Mavs aren't going to crack and say, we'll take less for Jalen just because he's going to be gone because they actually have something to play for. And even as a rental, he's super valuable to them. You know, if you right. want to look at it like a rental where they know yeah. he's gone in the offseason. Right, right. With the Knicks, I feel like they're not going to be motivated enough to spend up to make it happen because they'll say, we'll just sit on our war chest and just spend nothing but money on him in the offseason. And we were never going to win a championship anyway. So right. my current stance is I think Jalen Brunson is probably not going anywhere. The Knicks will probably just wait and take their chances with him this summer. But if you were looking in your crystal ball, what do you think the situation might uh, lead to by the trade deadline this year? Yeah. So to me, that's the most likely scenario. I think they're going to rely on their relationships. I think they're probably going to be able to offer more money than Dallas is. And so between that and looking at Dallas and saying, you guys are kind of stuck financially, um, and, and being aware that they're probably going to move on from, well, not I don't want to say probably, but if they're going to move on from anyone, it's going to be Dorian Finney-Smith and then in the order, Tim Hardaway Jr. and then Reggie to try and clear up money if they absolutely have to. Actually, let me throw Dwight Powell in there, but you get my point. There's going to be ways for them to, to, to get off money if they need to, uh, to retain Brunson. But I think the Knicks are going to say, you guys have a lot of challenges between getting, like doing that. You haven't done it yet. And so, um, we're just going to sit here and we're going to, we have no, there's no reason for us to rush. We're not going to, we have no reason to, to overpay just to get him here when we can probably steal him or not probably we can steal him from you or we'll have an opportunity to. Uh, and in the event that we don't get him, there will be other options and, and we'll be just fine. Uh, but for me, I don't see the Knicks feeling like they need to, to do that overpay. And I think Dallas is going to, like you said, the West is, kind of open this year and there are a lot of trade assets out there right now and if Dallas feels like they can come away with um an addition post trade deadline they're going to feel very good about going into playoffs and so at that point if they if they're getting some intel leading up to the deadline that they are going to make an acquisition then they're going to stand they're not going to move anybody and they're just going to ride it out and that could bite them in the end but what really bit them in the end was the contract structure and how they how they went about that and so um again I think there are going to be a lot of, maybe not a lot of teams, but there are going to be a handful of teams and and to my, that come to mind. It's New York, New Orleans, and Detroit are going to come in with some some offers for Jalen Brunson, um, and it's really just going to come down to the relationships. In my opinion, do you want? I mean, the money is always a big deal, but is your relationship in Dallas with Luca? Is your belief in Luca and where he can take a team 
so strong that you don't want to leave and you'll leave, you know, 10 or maybe even 20 million on the table because you want to stay here. And that's what it will come down to. And I think the Knicks are in a good enough spot to not need to overpay and and kind of sit back and, and take their chances. All right, uh, to steal a Zach Lowe phrase, uh, water gun to your head is Jalen Brunson <laughs> on the Dallas Mavericks at the start of the 2022-23 season. He is, he is. Okay, I'm heartbroken, <laughs> but. Sorry, I, I, I so bad, I don't want to be like, oh God, you know. No, I mean, but you, I mean, you're probably right. <laughs> it, I, I, I sp- like the Luca, the Luca Jalen relationship is so, they're so close. They are so close. Uh, I, but again, I guess, I guess, Leon, I guess gonna be a nick then in a couple. Yeah. Years. I mean, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's impossible. That's Can you awesome. imagine? <laughs> yeah. Oh my How god. How mad is KP? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. oh KP. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> that would be. But I mean, like and that's that's another I mean that's I'm kinda kinda glad that you said that because that's another thing is a big piece to this puzzle is at the end of the day, the Mavs always want to keep Luca happy. They want to keep him happy. And obviously they want to win. And the easiest way to do that is win. But if you're not getting to where you want to go, you want to surround him with the people that you like. And the the worst thing you can do is mismanage your assets and either deal them at the deadline and make him very upset or lose him because you didn't want to pay him and pay X dollars in tax. So that's another piece to it that I'm like, they're not going to, they're not going to miss that chance. It's not just about Jalen Brunson. Luca is a big, big part of that. Cool. Well, I think that wraps that discussion up uh, with a with a bow on it. Thank you so much, Lauren, for coming in and giving us the lowdown on Jalen Brunson and and the potential price for him and everything. I feel a lot more educated now. I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like Leon maybe has them a little less a uh, little less against the ropes than we'd maybe like to think, and they they might be more inclined to just keep him. But it's still something really worth keeping an eye on. It's going to be just the latest in the, in a long. Uh, long book of you know Nick's Mavs uh, uh, contentions, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Over the last number of years, but at any rate, do you want to let everybody know where to find you online one more time? Where to find yes. all your work and all that good stuff? And if you have anything you're working on, like pieces or anything that you want to. Yes. Up? Well, real quickly, I do want to add because just just for for Nick's fans, um, there is a scenario. I think, like I said, if a big trade is on the table, I do. I don't think it's impossible. And if at that point you got a three team trade and somebody like Sabonis, who might not be the best fit in Dallas, but somebody that has such so much talent that you just go get the talent. Maybe you see a three team trade where where if you got someone like Indiana who's trying to get younger, the Knicks get Jalen Brunson, send some of their young assets to Indiana, something like that. There could be something in play there. So I don't want to say it's absolutely impossible. I hope Knicks fans aren't like, well, there's still hope. <laughs> there's still hope. So I, 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 there's always something that can be done, but um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. You just never know. So, uh, but yes, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, this has been super fun. You can follow me on Twitter at the Lauren gun, all my maps, Moneyball work drops there. Any podcasts that I do, uh, I'll retweet so you can find anything that I'm doing there. And and like I said, I love chatting with people from other fan bases about their players. I always learn so much from other teams' fans. So yeah, come chat with me. Um, and I I look forward to the trade scenarios that that may or may not come my way. Well, that's right, good. Guys. Next time next time there's a Nick that's uh, you know going to be signed to the Mavs <laughs> to add to their collection, you could just call us up and we'll give you. I a will. I totally will. <laughs> that's funny. But thanks so much, Lauren, for coming on. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll, of course, be back with another game recap to end this week and uh, some more great shows about trade targets and all kinds of stuff coming up on Locked on Knicks. So 
keep your ears out keep your eyes out if you're watching us on youtube if you haven't already go there subscribe but uh we'll be back tomorrow with the game recap for you guys until then peace out talk to you all soon